If you're enjoying the show and want more, check out loudpipes.net slash donate. For as little as $1 per month, you'll gain exclusive access to the Loud Pipes after show, The Downshift, as well as other content and sneak peeks available only to our supporters. Better yet, come ride with us. Step up to $5 a month and receive an invitation to the monthly video hangout and the Riders of Loud Pipes private social network. Hang out in the clubhouse with other riders, chat with us on show topics, and so much more. Loudpipes.net slash donate. It's time for Loud Pipes. The podcast centered around motorcycles, the motorcycle experience, and other automotive diversions. Recording from R-Dub Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, or wherever sufficient bandwidth can be located. Here's Rich Warfield and Rico Hogan. Johnny John John. Loud Pipes, episode 80. The episode that just doesn't want to happen for some reason. (laughs) So uh, episode 80 is going to be all about racing. Of course, we'll be talking American flat track, uh, a little bit about what John and I like to watch on the side, which is sports car racing. The, what is that called now, John, nowadays, weather tech championship. Yeah, it is. (laughs) And maybe even a little bit about, um, world Superbike. So that is our technical director and a long, long, long time friend of mine, Mr. Miracle. How are you, buddy? Man, I'm great. Got up yesterday, did about 200 miles on the spider with a bunch of guys on sport bikes. Nice. Well, your spider is a sporty model. So, hey. I fit in the crowd. You fit right in. <laughs> yeah, man. Been been a great time. So we can talk about that here a little later. Awesome. Oh, where I met these guys and everything about them. So a little bit. So yeah, and not to skip over Mr. Hogan, but he'll be with us momentarily. Uh, mainly, why we haven't had an episode lately is we just have so much going on in our our personal lives. So either it's personal things, uh, work in my case, and and John's and. And uh, a minor little health detour for me, so we can talk about that later in the show. Yeah, like I said before the show, we I have a little health issue going on in the family, too, kind of health issue going on in the family as well. So that's why we've been kind of uh, MIA. So we're trying to get this out for you guys. Yeah, well, the good thing is the the riders of Loud Pipes haven't really missed anything because we're still having a ton of fun in the clubhouse. Oh, yeah. And in fact, talking about the clubhouse... I see we have a new member. That's right. That's right. We need to welcome in Roger Smith, who's the newest rider. So welcome aboard. He's been in there mixing it up and missed the hangout today, but uh, but that's all right. We'll get on a future one, I'm sure. And one other thing, Rick, before we get too much further about the clubhouse. Okay. A rider has a bike. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, man. This, this is so cool. Yeah. So, so. Our buddy Jebby has been drooling for what the last six months. It's it's been going on f- for quite a while, like, at least six months. And he's been waiting to get a bike, and he finally, finally was able to find one. Yeah. Now, not his first bike. This is getting back in the saddle. He's ridden before, uh, but this is the first bike in a while. So, super happy for him. Picked up the Yamaha Raider. He's been drooling over for quite a while, and. You know, a little bit of trials and tribulations and getting uh, getting the deal locked down, but but so happy for him. Oh, yes. It's just cool stuff. Oh, yes. So, yeah, happy to see that. And uh, 
In fact, uh, Roger just sent a little message to us that he got 350 miles in the day on his Kawasaki Concorde. Very nice. Yeah. So that's what that's what our boys are our riders are doing. They don't hang out with us too much, but <laughs> it's nice. They're gone. Yeah, as the weather gets good, it's like anybody in here? Hello? <laughs> yeah. And 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 really talk about it. This weekend has been perfect weather. It has been beautiful here in Charlotte. Well, since we're on a little farther, are you drinking anything? I am. And even though I'm I'm really not supposed to, I am gonna partake anyway. But it's not a beer this time though. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Got some wine? I have a glass of red wine, yes indeed. Oh. So I, I can I'll mention it a little bit because it's gonna sound weird if I don't mention it, but uh a couple times in the past I've had uh an incident, if you will, with atrial fibrillation, which is a, a rapid, irregular heartbeat. And it's probably maybe five or six times in the past I've had it. And at one point, it was every year to year and a half. And I haven't had one in, gosh, it's been five or six years. We were trying to figure it out. It's either before my youngest was born or right after. I can't remember. But it's been a good long time. So I had one of those kick in while I was in Pennsylvania, spent a night in the hospital. And now uh, on the recovery, I guess we'll say. Well, I'm glad. I mean, I've been worried about you, man. I'm glad you're okay, you know. Yeah, it sounds worse than it is. I mean, it's it's a little stressful when it happens, but mine has always converted just with medication. I've never had to have shock therapy, and, you know, it's not been bad enough that I need to look at any type of surgery. It's just generally a trip to ER, get some medication, and the rhythm converts, and I'm back in business. Well, I'm glad that works out. So Now back to my wine. <laughs> yes, actually, so that's why you're drinking wine is f- to help with your uh, heart. Well, this is called, I think it's called Miomi or Miami, M-E-I-O-M-I, and it's a Pinot Noir, vintage 2014. Nice. A lovely little red. Well, good. Fashionista would be all happy with that. Mm-hmm. So maybe I need to start carrying a bottle of wine with me instead of a six-pack. Oh, yeah, yeah, that might, that might be a good thing to do, my friend. That might be a good thing. So, yeah, that, that's kind of been tough. And they haven't said no alcohol, but it does say to limit it. So I've been sticking away, sticking off of beer and, you know, having red wine, which is supposed to be good for your heart anyway. And the other thing that's killing me, John, Damn it. I'm supposed to limit my caffeine. Ah. So, so there's no coffee in the house, huh? Two things I love. It's like my beer and my coffee, and I can't really have either one of them. It's just killing me. Well, you might have to get out and exercise a little more, my friend, then. Do a couple laps. Indeed. But I did ride the bike. My mom rode back to Charlotte with me this week, and we went and saw Chips on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Well, don't let any things out. Keep it quiet. I got to go see it. Oh, man. We can't talk about it. No, we can't talk about it. Darn it. Darn it. Can't talk about it. All right. You got a beverage? <laughs> I'm, I'm being healthy. Well, I shouldn't say I'm being healthy. Oh, Jesus. Since I have a ride this weekend, I'm starting a prehydration plan. Mm-hmm. So it's water. It's just water? Just water, my friend. Not even like a Gatorade or anything funky? Nope. Just straight up smart water. All right. Hold on. I got something for that. Hey, hey, I got to say, you know, so, you know, 
as we have in our event plans this weekend is the um, the Motor Blog Bloggers Meetup, and we've kind of nicknamed ourselves the Moto Nobodies. The Moto Nobodies. <laughs> that's kind of a cool. That's kind of a little interesting note. But anyways, some history on that. I'm going to history, and uh, so uh, we're heading off to Pigeon Forge on Friday morning. And Matthew and Rogue and myself are going to be heading out, and hopefully. One of our Riders of Law pipes, uh, Mike, will be joining up on, with us on the way out and then uh, picking up the rest of, some, rest of the crew in Nashville and riding into Pigeon Forge. And nice. We got a cabin we got booked, and then uh, Saturday we're heading off up over the mountains and hitting the Wheels Through Time Museum is, is the plan. So Ah, so we have a topic for the next show. Possibility. Possibly. We'll, we'll see what happens. That's That's currently the plan, so... As of what I last knew, so and then we'll head back on um, Sunday back home. So, now what's that look to be about eight hundred, nine hundred mile weekend? Maybe thousand if you push it. Probably be about eight nine hundred. Nice. I'm not sure exactly what the distance will be on Saturday, but it's a little over three each way from here to Pigeon Forge, and not sure if when we if it's going to be a straight shot or um, if we're going to be taking some different ways because we're going to be picking up Wolf. In Nashville, so he might take us a different way. Woof. Woof. Is he the lead dog? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's <Woof>. Cruiser. <laughs> so. Awesome. Well, you met, since you're riding up there with the motovloggers, how's your vlogging going? So my blogging, as we talk about it, so everybody might have noticed, yes, I have started motovlogging. So motovlogging, I've got three episodes out, so I'm right. working on my fourth episode. And um, topic on the fourth one is going to be about the podcast and little so people maybe that motor blog that out there might can check out the show. Awesome, that's cool, man. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm doing um a little something different on this one, and I'll put it out because hopefully I'll have it out before this episode gets out. Is um I did a vo- I'm doing a voiceover on this episode. Oh, okay. So you so, went you went out to ride somewhere and then you voice it over later. Yeah, I've got the voiceover because when I was out riding, I didn't get everything that I wanted to cover. And I noticed it at the end. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like, oops. Oops, I forgot that. Oops, I forgot that. So um, I decided to do a voiceover. And Nelly kind of um, thought it'd be a good idea to try too. Yeah. So we did the voiceover, and I did the voiceover like 15 times. I've tried to record that night. Got that done today, or no? I won't say done today. I got done early in the week, but it's just been busy to go back and listen to it. I have Nelly usually listen with me on my audio to see how it sounds before I put it out. Cool. So. Now, do you have a separate camera or a separate track so you just have the sound of the bike without your voice? Or how did you how did you voice that over? I haven't done that yet. I'm probably going to cut all the bike sound and just put the straight audio from the oh, okay okay or from recording. So just going to dump it out, cut the track, and put it in. Cool. So, and I got a cool review. I mean, if you've seen my reviews, I did uh, an intro. I did a gear review of what gear I wear and also did a um, video about what my audio setup is or video setup. Oh, uh, I'm slacking. I'm one back. Yeah. So the last one was talking about how I started out. I'll give it a hint. Or let it go. Started out how I got the SJ4000 camera, and I've... And then I upgraded to the GoPro for um, 
plus silver. Mm-hmm. And then I also bought the Senna GP10, which I will highly recommend to anybody that's going to motor blog. Get the GoPro and get the Senna 20S mm-hmm. and GP10. I know it's a lot of money for all that setup, but it's so simple. Once it's all working, it's all great. Now, does that bring all the conversations in or just you? Oh, if you're connected with Senna's, it can brings everybody else in too. We're going to need that on our one of our road trips. Uh, all, I, all, I have it. We just have to put, you know, the Senna's connect and I got the audio. All right. We'll use it on the way to Barber. <laughs> just to get the, the jar started. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's the setup. It's pretty sweet. And then the other thing to throw out, and thanks to Bacon Broken Bits, was he plugged uh, phone plugs or plug phones, which are um, earplugs but with speakers in them. And I'm using them right now, and I've used them yesterday on the rides. So pretty cool little setup. So Cool. All right. Well, I'm glad you're having fun with that, man. And we are certainly watching. All right, man. And appreciate the plug. We'll put a little extra in your check this week. <laughs> well, yeah, it's all cool. So, <laughs> cool. All right. Well, since this is going to be a, a racing episode, let's talk a little bit about racing we've been watching and you know things we we've kind of been following this year. We've we've been doing some of this offline and and not necessarily talking about it in the show because you know we John and I over the years we've watched a lot of auto racing, but you know I'm sort of getting into or back into racing that has to do with motorcycles. So I guess the first one we'll talk about, which is probably the the largest one or the, of the most interest to me and, and most of us on the show, which is Flat Track. So that is the American Flat Track Series, which was formerly, let's see, what did they call that, John? AMA Pro? Yes. They still have the AMA name kicking around, but it is called American Flat Track. So We've had three events now. So Daytona kicked it off with a TT. There was a short track in Georgia at the Dixie Speedway. And then we just ended this weekend at the Charlotte Half Mile. Correct. Correct. So three different styles of racing. The TT, which is, we'll come back to that. You know, (laughs) the TT is left and right turns, you know, with some sort of hill or jump mixed in. Uh, The Georgia race was... A very flat, a very short track, which was three, was it three tenths, John, or four? No, it was three eighths. Or three eighths. Very short track. And then, of course, the half mile at Charlotte. So three races in. Indiana has been kicking some serious butt. So what what are you thinking of the season so far, John? It's it's very dominating. Dominating. Uh, (laughs) You know, I want to say that Indian has... The riders have been tearing it up. I think the Indian bikes are proving what they have. And my question to you, Rich, is where is the Harley? Yeah, that's my question too. Where the heck is Harley? (laughs) And in fact, to go a step farther, the best Harley isn't the new Harley. No, it's a privateer on the XR, the older XR750. Correct. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on, but... I mean, kudos to Indian. They they built a brand new bike from the ground up. It's a purpose built race motor and everything. And they went out and scored all the top talent so they could have as potent of a team as possible. And man, they have been kicking butt and taking names so yep. far. They have been. 
so in the Twins has been tearing it up with Indians pretty much. I think if I'm correct, has won all three. Um, yeah, the first two by Meese, and then uh, Smith won today or yesterday in Charlotte. Yep, I think that's correct. Yeah, which is a, a sad thing for the show because we've talked about it forever, and and none of us actually got to go. So watched it on Fans Choice TV. Yeah, it's was interesting. Um, been interesting watching. I didn't watch the Charlotte race. I did watch the um, race in Georgia and the TT. Yep. Um, there's a little controversy at the end of the race in Georgia where the uh, Sammy can't think of his name. Can forget his last name. Yeah. Slamming Sammy. I know that's this what they call him. Yeah. But uh, he was leading and he led over 20 laps and. The Indian rider, I don't know which one it was. That would have probably been Meese because he won yeah, the race. Meese. Yeah, it was Meese that came up and I don't know. They got a little too close and had a little. And uh, Slam Sammy Hellebert, I think I got spelled say pronounced correctly. Um, went f- sliding off into the wall. So yeah, it, when I initially saw it, you know, without any you know, sort of hindsight or, or time to digest. I was kind of in your camp, John. I was like, ah, oh, man, you know, Meese took him out. You know, basically, I kind of looked at it like, oh, the Harley was leading an Indian took him out. That's what I first thought. But then, you know, I watched an interview with Meese after, and he the way he described it, technical issues solved. <laughs> Where was I? Um, I was watching. Review about with Meese. Yeah, I was watching a an interview of him. He was in Charlotte, you know, doing a TV interview, and the way he described the incident, then I I more understood how it might not have been his fault or not entirely. So then I went back and looked at it, slowed it down a little bit, and of course they did it during the interview. And yeah, I, I kind of have to side with him. It does look like, for whatever reason, slamming Sammy. <laughs> It looks like you know, he looks back over his left shoulder for whatever reason, and then the bike naturally goes left, and it takes a more direct path down the track, whereas the racing line continued farther up the banking. So after hearing the interview and watching it the second, third, and fourth time, and in slow motion, yeah, I'm I'm not going to call it as uh, as all Indians' fault. Yeah, I I I just say I think he got a little close, but you know that's racing. Yeah, it was a racing deal. Yeah, and and again, you know, where's Harley? This is a privateer on the XR750 leading the race. Where's the beloved XG? Yeah, interesting thing is looking at stats, 40 days to the next race, so Harley better get some, something worked out and figure out what the problem is. Uh, what would you give to be a fly on the wall in some of those <laughs> Monday morning team meetings? Probably very interesting. But um, hopefully they'll come back. The one thing I'll say about uh, interesting thing at the Atlanta race, because I know I don't think you got to watch the Atlanta race because I know you were off dealing with a family party. Yeah, and- well, afterwards, yeah, later in the week, I watched uh, most of it, at least the finals and the, the semis. I didn't watch all the heat races and, and things leading up, but I did watch most of the finals uh, in replay. Yeah, and you saw that during the red flags, how the bikes are now water-cooled and how they overfilled and 
put fluid down on the dirt track. Yeah, that can't be a good thing. Yeah, so then they had to, you know, the red flag got even longer delayed because of trying to get the moisture out of the track where they were overheating. And one cool thing about um, the from that red flag, I mean, it happened at lap 23 is when the wreck happened. Um, They cannot, once the red flag restarts, they do five laps no matter what. Huh. So that was the last thing. So it was, you know, they had five laps. They had to run. So I thought it was pretty cool how, you know, and then um, if you want to go to the singles and talk about your beloved Yamaha. My beloved Yamaha? <laughs> Yamahas. Well, okay. Rico's Yamaha team. <laughs> they are tearing it up. Yeah, on, on the single side. Yeah. Single side, the uh, Dalton kids is tearing it up three three weeks in a row. So, so wait a minute. You were talking about water cooled for the for the twins, but aren't all the singles water cooled? I don't think so. Or are they not? I could I couldn't really tell. I didn't look at them that closely. I mean, they're they're essentially dirt bikes, right? Set up for flat track racing. That, to my understanding, I'm not sure on that. I just know that the new Harley and the Indians are liquid cool, and everything else is air cooled. Hmm. So, we'll have to check that out and put it in the U-turn. Right. That's mainly the ones we're following. We're most interested in what they call the AFT twins, which is where Harley and Indian are battling it out in an epic battle, decades in the making. <laughs> right. But, well, they- but they're not the only makes in the field. So let's talk a little bit about some of the other bikes here. Yeah. So the other bike, the big one, from you know, been dominating the last few years is the Kawasaki Ninja. Yeah, the Ninja or, 650 is the reigning champ. Which I, I have to stop right there for a second. The Ninja's only 650. Correct. <laughs> so, so they give up 100 CCs and they're the reigning champs. All right, it's one of those things. That's interesting. That's a parallel twin versus a V. Right. So that's interesting, and. You know, the Yamaha FZ07 is another one in the field, along with Honda's RS750. But I, I didn't see much out of Honda, at least in the first couple of races. I mean, Yamaha was holding their own in the TT for a while. Right. But I haven't heard heard much from Honda. But Cowies are doing good as well. There's a lot of Kawasaki's out there. Uh, you know, the big thing that I'll say about the, the Harley or the Indian is they get in a straight line, they're gone. As soon as they get around the turn, they're gone. Yeah, definitely got some motor, that's for sure. And and I'm not exactly sure if, and I know from listening to some other podcasts talk about how at certain points they do rule adjustments. I wonder if they'll make a rule adjustment to try to... Oh, yeah, tighten it up? Tighten it back up and maybe give... Maybe Harley's got something they're limiting more on Harley than Indians or... Don't know. So... All right. Well, what do you think overall? I mean, sorry, we were going to pivot and talk about the bikes, but let's let's talk about the feeling a little bit. So we've watched a lot of auto racing over the years. Now, do you think you're going to get into watching flat track racing? Is this going to be your deal or or how, how do you feel there? I think it might be because, you know, growing up, since we both grew up in the Northeast and dirt tracks yep. racing, was that's where it was, you know, interesting. You know, that's the bread up there which makes me go back and think about the South because, you know, 
we'll, we'll kind of throw this back to the thing. Racing started in the south. It was more in the south, I think. And there's not like dirt tracks around here. And I love going to watch dirt modifieds. Yeah. That, that's one of my favorite things. I guess going back to spending time with my dad and doing that. And those are pretty f- awesome cars to go watch. So this might be something where I get back into because it's dirt racing and it's not. Um, it's 25 laps on the main and it's not. Yeah. You know, yeah. The time com- or, or race. The time commitment is definitely much more palatable. Like that's what I was explaining to my, my mom. She doesn't watch racing at all, but you know, I was explaining to her like, yeah, the, the main race is going to be 25 laps and it's done. You know, yeah, you can watch the semis and the heats and the qualifying and all that if you really want to. But if you want to just show up for the main, it may have a half hour, right? <laughs> you yeah. don't need much time. Nope, you don't. So that's what's kind of cool. I mean, it's 25 laps and they're done. And that goes back to your, you know, your Saturday night racing that used to happen or Friday night racing, you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, they used to do it on the asphalts down here, but. Yeah. And I like the heat racing, you know, the, the, the semifinals and the the last chance qualifiers and things like that, where, you know, they're only taking a handful of bikes from each race to to advance. And if you don't make the cutoff, well, you're not in the big show. Yeah. So I think that's pretty neat because it that, that keeps your your heat racing exciting. There's something in it other than just, you know, this is a warm-up race before they get to the big show. So I like that format. Yeah, and also, you know, it decides positioning. Yeah, yeah, because they have an inversion or a mixed inversion or whatever they call it. Oh, do they? I didn't think they It's not an inversion. What is, what is it called? I'm going to have to look it up now because it's going to bug me. Well, I know that if I remember correctly, from Daytona watching them line up, the front row gets to wherever you top people get to pick the row where they start on what's positioned on the start and row they start. Okay. So it's a selection. It's not a, it's not yeah, an inversion. So, yeah. So like the, you know, top, whatever, seven riders on the front row, the first row, the overall top qualifier gets to pick which spot they want. Right. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't really understand exactly what that was, but I thought I heard somebody mention something about an inversion. So I'm, I may have misread that. I'll have to go back and check it. Yeah. So, but I, is, I, I will I, say though that the TT is not for me. <laughs> like, I don't need to see these bikes, you know, doing a TT style race. Well, the interesting thing about the TT, in my opinion, was if you count in the lead, it's your race. Yeah. You couldn't pass. But do you think that's the format of the track? I just think Daytona was just, the, the track was clearly like single file. Well, it's both. Yeah. And it's a temporary track. That's not a permanent circuit. So, right. you know, it is what it is. But I think I'm I'm going to get into it. Kind of like you said, it it's getting, bringing me back a little bit to NASCAR in terms of the oval racing part. But I'm really looking forward to the miles. I enjoyed the Charlotte half mile race. What what little bit I saw of it because my meds made me sleepy. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't really care for the flat track. I didn't really care for the TT. Or I'm sorry, I didn't care for the short track at Georgia. It was okay, but at, as the tracks get bigger, I think I'm more excited and the, the TT is really not for me. Now, to go back real quick about something, and I didn't let you guys in on this. So going back to Motorblogger, Cruiser Bruiser, and Wolf went down to Georgia to the track. To oh, the they race. did. Cool. 
Don't went that, down to it, Georgia. <laughs> they had to look for so steel. The blo- vloggers went down to Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> they ended up hanging out after the night drinking with one of the mechanics. Oh man, we get some good stories. Call them up. Call them up. I just know it was a hoot, and they didn't get to bed till three o'clock in the morning. Ooh, nice. Ah, <laughs> uh, welcome, brother Hogan. What's happening? What's happening, family? Sitting here chilling. I'm glad you're Listen able to do our dishes in the clubhouse. Huh? I'm glad you were doing our dishes from the clubhouse. Yeah, thanks for cleaning up. Yeah, you know somebody has to do it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. <laughs> you got a beverage, my man? Uh in haste of getting here, no. Oh, I can go get one though. You're as bad as John drinking water over there. Oh, is he drinking water? All right, hold on. Honey! <laughs> pour for more? Pour for more? <laughs> so basically, pour for more. I need a beer. You're going to get a boot upside the head. <laughs> a beer in the refrigerator. And a beer. I need a beer. Oh, Jesus. Beat yourself. <laughs> if, if, we, if we lose Rico, then we know why. Right. Mm. My booze is on the way. So let me ask, down in, in CR, have you had a chance to see any of the flat track? Or has that been uh, off limits in terms of bandwidth and connectivity? I saw, like, snippets of it. Okay. And... Um, I saw that uh, Indian was dominating, so, you know, that's all I needed to see, and I was, you know, I was done. <laughs> Shut it off and went back to your work. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was like, yeah, perfect. <laughs> Indian's killing it. Enough said. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much what John and I were talking about, was like, you know, where's where's the new Harley? This thing was supposed to be good, and, you know, Indian obviously got the talent, but apparently they have the hardware, too. Right. They came out and dominated. Dominated. I think that's what John said. Mm-hmm. They've been spanking it. So I'll ask you the same question then that, that we just covered. Do you think you'll get into watching more flat track racing this year? Yeah. If I mean <laughs> if they're dominating like they are, I mean, you know, just see who can come up against them. Yeah, let's why not? All right. Now, what if a rule change comes before the next race and Indian gets power taken away or get weight added or something? Then how are you going to feel about the series? Well. Oh, no crickets tonight? <laughs> no, no. Uh, you know, I opened up the beard. I took a squig in the midst of that. And, um, you know, if they have to do that, I mean, you have to slow the Indians down. You know, you got to take out the Chiefs here and there, <laughs> you know, to kind of let everybody else catch up. So, I, you know, I can see why, you know, you want to hold them back. But you can't you can't hold that many Indians down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, can't, you can't do it. You got one, two, three. You know, just dominating each spot. You know, you, you can't hold them down. That's all I'm saying. No matter what you throw at them, they're going to dominate. So. Oh, I've been missing this, brother. I'm so glad you were able to peel away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a couple minutes late, but I got here. That's all right. I see. No love for me. Well, you know, I miss you too, sweet thing. <laughs> you know, when, you know, Rich gave us a little scare, you know, I hadn't been that nervous since, you know, he asked us to 
you know, wax his back. You know, I was a little concerned about my man. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was concerned. You know, I I hadn't been that scared since that time. You know what I'm saying, John? Remember that day? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've had a safe his ass a few times, though. You know that, Rico? Yeah, I know. Sweaters, jackets. Exactly. (laughs) Right? Food, money. I know. Bail bonds. I mean... Let's not go to rich. You don't need that out. <laughs> we won't talk at night. Ah, uh, nice. So, uh, who's okay? So, did you watch a lot of it? And do you know any of the guys that uh, they pull for the Indian team? Yeah, I mean, mainly they took. I got to go back to the lineup here. Give me one second. Um, so they had Brad Baker. He was a Harley factory rider. And get back to my thing here. Brian Smith, that was last year's Kawasaki rider. Yeah, Brian Smith is the reigning champion. Was on yeah, was on a Kawasaki last year. And Jared Meese is the third one. Yep. Uh was he riding a Harley as well? Mm. Was it him and Baker were both on Harleys previously? Uh, let me see here. If I'm not mistaken. John will look that up, but but yeah, Rico, they definitely got the talent. And yeah, like I said, the, what's that, John? He was in 2010. He was on a Harley. Um, Do you know if it was privateer or a factory team? They might have been a privateer team. Okay. But yeah, good riders. Definitely got the ri- the riders. And apparently the bike's holding together, so... And it's fast, so that's pretty much what you're looking for, right? Great riders, good hardware. Can't ask for anything better than that. So yeah, they've taken the first three and finishing one two quite often. Gotta love that. Gotta love that. But yeah, John was saying they they do have in the rules that they can they can make adjustments throughout the season. So Oh you looked at it? There could be a change coming. I don't know. I didn't look that up. Oh, okay. Maybe we're just making it up. <laughs> I was making it up. I, where I was going with it was saying in MotoGP they can do that. Oh, okay. Well, and I, it kind of feels, if they do it, it'll feel a little bit like NASCAR, right? Or even what they're doing in sports car racing. They have the, what's called BOP or balance of power adjustments where they're continually tweaking, you know, air inlet size, you know, turbo sizes, amount of fuel, amount of weight. It seems like before every race that gets tweaked. Well, they do that to make the competition of the race better. They try to make it the competition, you know, equal and not dominating. Now, did you, did did you feel that it was that dominated that they got to start looking at, you know, adding weight to bikes and lessening the horsepower? Do you think it was that of a big? difference in the different types of bikes and everything like that if you want to have an indian and the new indian versus new harley yes because the new harley's finishing maybe in the top five or that fifth or below and the top three are indians one two three and they're just pulling away Hmm. and your best harley is a privateer running on the old harley what kind of motors were they running 750s. Seven, 750s, okay. 
Yeah, the top the top finish in XG seven fifty R Harley was sixth place. Kenny Coolbeth Jr. Um, at Charlotte. So yeah, Indian was one two, and then a privateer. So we talked about slamming Sammy already is on an, an older Harley, the XR seven fifty, and Ryan Wells was fourth on an XR seven fifty as well. And then a Kawasaki. Then you get to the new Harley. And two, two more Kawasaki's, and then you round out ninth and tenth with the two new Harleys. So that's how Charlotte went down. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, but they <laughs> lost. <laughs> I know you're all broken up. I can tell. I am just, you know, I I don't know. I'm a distraught. I, I I'm sorry. Well, in Atlanta, Indian also won two, but it was Meese over Baker. Actually, Indian was one, two, three in Atlanta in the final, the AFT, AFT Twins final. Um, then you have a Harley XR in fourth, then a Kawasaki, then Slam and Sammy was sixth, then another Kawasaki, then another XR in eighth, and a Ninja, and you got all the way back to 10th place to find the new XG. Mm. So that's not looking good. No. Yeah, and go back to talking about me. He was on the privateer Harley. Okay. Last year. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, so unless something changes on the big miles, which I don't see that happening, some something will have to give. Now which which scout did they have? I mean, did they use the the uh the scout sixty? Maybe they should use the scout sixty if, you know, the regular scout is just dominating. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because Indian's take on this is it's purpose-built chassis and a purpose-built engine. I mean, other than spending $50,000 to buy an FTR 750, this has next to no ties to the the factory bike. You know, Harley's approach has been to take the street 750 and they've sort of, well, I believe it's a one-off chassis, but the engine is it was very as a very massaged street 750 that they went into the race bike. So it has a much closer tie to the production bike from what I understand. So you're going back to the old NASCAR days where you have to say of race it on Sunday, buy it on Monday. Well, it doesn't matter. The rules are the rules. I mean, Indian presented an engine for inspection just as Harley did and they got it approved to race. End of story. Well, no. So it doesn't really matter what whether they sell it or not. Yeah. Right, but I'm yeah. just saying, like a different model. And yeah. Same thing, let's talk about the, nin- the Kawasaki Ninja. I mean, think about the Kawasaki Ninja, the Ninja's a sport bike in design. Right. Well, and they're, and they're down 100cc, <laughs> if you think about it that way. Right. And then they, you know, they're on a, the chassis technically... Is you can't buy the car, to my understanding. No, you can't get to Ninja, you know, as a flat track race bike. So, no. as a individual buyer. So, well, that same thing would hold true for the FZ07. You know, that's that's a one-off chassis or purpose-built chassis. I don't want to call it one-off, but it's purpose-built for racing. So, in other words, Harley's got the wrong mindset. They didn't. They they weren't prepared for the ass kicking. They just didn't go far. They didn't take it far enough. It's like they didn't know. Yeah, they underestimated the Indian Scout 
and they got spanked. Simple as that. And now Hart is licking their wounds, and now they want to say, oh, foul. Sounds like a Republican thing, but foul. <laughs> well, we're, we're just speculating. I'm just, I was just asking you if it would change your mindset. We've not heard anything. No. No. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing is, note they got 40 days off, so maybe Harley can go back now since they've done three weeks in a row of racing. Yeah. Now they got 40 days off. So over a month, they can go back to the shop and bigger or something out. Yeah. So let's see so what happens. What, so what do they need to do? Is it was it the rider? Was it the bike? I think it's the engine. I think I think it, the, what I saw coming out of the turns, the scout could just twist the throttle and they're gone. Yeah, it definitely seems to have the motor, but I mean, it's it's obviously got the handling too because one of the things I've been looking at in the corners is just for stability. You know, how do the bikes look when they're coming through the turns? Are they you know, are they all over the place? Are they a handful? And, you know, the FTR 750 from Indian has looked pretty buttoned down to me. So I think they've got, you know, a pretty nice chassis as well, or at least it's dialed in nicely because they look pretty composed to me, you know, and that the Harleys have been so far back, the camera's not focusing on them, so I can't tell. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so yeah, Indians kicking butt. Do we really need to keep going with that? No, we're, we're gonna, <laughs> let's move on. What's the next topic? <laughs> so, so, so on the racing topic, Rich. No, the the only other thing I want to say is I wanted to get John's opinion on this. I you could scratch that TT for our, as far as I'm concerned. Did you enjoy that race? Not really. I it like I we said get it. Like we said earlier, it was a one-line race, and as soon as you got out in the out in the line, it was done. The only place it happened was in the single, the, the single where um, the guy Dalton there came back and I got his name right, came back and pulled through. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited for the next race. So May 13th is going to be the Arizona Mile. So. Now we'll get to see him on a big track. That'll be interesting. So yeah, if if the, if everything stays the way it is, you know, we'll see what kind of motor Indians working with when we get to the mile straightaways. Hmm. That'll be interesting. And maybe the thing is, is maybe Harley has a top end. Yeah, maybe it's a top end bike, and just the you know the tightness of the TT and the Atlanta short track. I don't know if he can make that excuse for Charlotte, but you know maybe it's going to be a big, be a mile bike. Who knows? Right. Hmm. We will see. But we have two miles back to back. The thirteenth will be um, Arizona, and then it'll be Sacramento on the twentieth, and then we're back to a TT on my birthday in Springfield. Dun, 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 my birthday. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. So Rich wants to go to Springfield for his birthday. Springfield. No, it's a TT. Like, you know, my idea of TT is at Isle of Man. Okay. I don't, I don't need to see this kind of bike racing on that kind of circuit. Okay. That's all I'm saying. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Where are we moving on to next? Well, since Mr. Hogan is here, you want to talk a little road racing, my friend? Yeah. Are, are you following any road racing? I should start there before I go too far. Hey, hey Rico. I guess it's important. 
Something happened at the last race. What happened? Did you watch the last race? No. What happened? AMG won. What? The first race in over 60 years in their class. Wow. That's impressive. Aren't I correct, Mr. Warfield? You're talking about GTD? Yeah, with an AMG uh, Mercedes car. Oh, I'm sorry. Cadillac won the uh, prototype and Corvette won GTLM, so nothing else really mattered. Oh, come <laughs> come on. That's big news for, for you know, Mercedes-Benz AMG to, you know, over 60 years not winning at, you know, in their class. I'm just kidding. No, that's cool. And that's a sick race car. If you haven't looked at that much, Rico, you have to peep that GT a little bit. Yeah. And and I hate to say this much, Rico. So in that in the Corvette field, and Mr. Warfield will agree with this, there's two Corvettes in mm-hmm. the field. And there is four four GTs. They're in a race. And they still didn't win. In the first three hours, one of the Corvettes. Kapoop. Wow. So to one Corvette against four GTs. Domination. So what kind of horsepower are we talking about in those cars? Maybe Harley should call up Pratt and Miller. Right? Oops. Horsepower we're talking about those suckers? Mm. Yeah. Well, they're going to be race limited, so it's going to be between five and 600. So what are they contributed to? The, the, aer- the aerodynamics, the, the racer, what? I didn't see the race, so tell me. Mm. I didn't follow GTD, so that's all John. Which one are you talking about? For the AM, oh, AMG. AMG, yeah. I didn't, I didn't follow that that much. I just know they won. <laughs> no. Okay. So, <laughs> thanks, John. No problem. <laughs> I'm going to bring up this big story that I have nothing else to say about it. So AMG GT. We'll give it a slow clap. How's that? Hey. Yay. No, what I was more talking about, John, was road racing still with motorcycles. Oh, all right. So I'm about to Sebring 12 12 hours of Sebring. I'm sorry. Yeah, we'll get back to that. So because I, (laughs) because I'm going to (laughs) ride, we just want to close it down. Are we done? (laughs) Oh, no, I'm sorry. Go on. Hold on. I need some more wine. Yeah. Give me some cheese with that wine, will you? Mm. Ah. So, because I want to ride the R6 on the track, I've been spending some time watching some road racing as well. And I think we talked about this before. I'm I'm sort of steering away from MotoGP a little bit because I see that more like Formula One where there's so much money and the cars and bikes are so extreme. They're just, they're so far removed from anything you can possibly think about buying. So what I decided to focus on instead was world Superbike, And that that's for, you know, for worldwide racing, but then in the U S it'll be Moto America because the bikes that they use are at least closer to what you can get off the showroom floor. And I was looking at the rules for, for Moto America. And that's what they were talking about is that they've sort of, they've aligned 
sort of the bike spec, if you will, more with what World Superbike is doing. So that gives those guys a pathway from Moto America into World Superbike and to keep them a little closer to uh, what you and I can buy off the showroom floor. So first thing I want to ask, and this is the same thing we could talk about with flat track is, does that matter to you guys? Like whether you can or cannot buy something even close to what's being raced, like, does that matter to you or you just want a good race? Like what's your thought on that? Start with John. It'd be kind of cool if they are close so you could go out to get what they're racing to get on the street. But let's start thinking about this. Do you want to have that so much power while you're on the street racing? Is that smart to have a bike that is that powerful out for your daily ride? Well, there's a lot of things that aren't smart, but I'm just wondering where you, where you felt on that. I mean, I, I, if you if people are smart enough, I mean, it doesn't make much difference. Because, I mean, it'd be kind of cool if you could buy one. Mm-hmm. But then again, people need to be smart and not do anything stupid on these bikes. Because it causes lives. It could cause a life if you go out too fast. Yeah. And, you know, put it to its full potential and not paying attention. Something stupid. You, you could take your life on it. Okay. Your thought, Hogan? Does it matter if you can buy the... Let's let's stick in the the sport bike category. If you're watching sport bikes race and you know, well, let's let's stay with World Superbike. So Kawasaki's been winning most of them with Jonathan Ray, and I believe Ducati just won this weekend. Although I haven't seen the race yet, um, in a pretty tight battle. But does it matter to you? If, like let's say the, so the Kawasaki ZX10R. If you can go down to the showroom and buy a bike that's pretty close to what they're racing does that matter to you do you even care no because that's cool because you want a winning bike if you're if you're buying this bike any of those bikes whether it be the 600 750 1000s um it it comes with a level of respect for those bikes yeah you want to hit the twisties you want to envision yourself as flying around the track like one of these guys but all in all you you're going to be smart about it and you're not going to be on the road. The sensible riders are not going to be on the road ripping it up. Like you see on the track, right? If you want to ride that way, you're going to ride that bike on the track and you're going to want to hone your skills so you can ride that bike really well on the track. So, you know, yeah, I'm glad that you can go out and, you know, and buy something that's close to these bikes and, and be able to get out there and test your limits on the track with a bike that can perform like you, you see in some of these races. So yeah, you know, if you got the money to put in the tires and the body work and the mechanics, you know, the pit crew and everything. Um, so yeah, go out there and rip it up. And there's a lot of guys that do this in their garage still today, you know, they get They get a bike, tune they, up. they yeah. tune them up and, you know, they get them out on the track and they enjoy the experience and, and the thrill and the adrenaline rush that you get of being on the track. And yeah, you might hit it a couple times, you know, on the street, on some of the twisties, you know, and show some of your skills, some of your friends, some of your skills. I like the dragon tails or something, maybe doing something crazy like that, you know, <laughs> doing it some, you know, setting some speed record down the dragon tail or something or down the devil's whip. I don't know, wherever you're at doing it, you know, good for you. And that come out, you know, in pieces. <laughs> like hamburger. <laughs> 
Right. Um, but, you know, all in all, these guys are, you know, I think that you know, they're out here just want to enjoy their bike and, you know, to be on your bike that you can take, you can do a quick ride around the city or whatever and, and take it to the track. That's an ultimate uh, bike you got there. You can do both, you know, not only dominate the streets, but dominate the tracks as well. So that's my take. Yeah. So I feel overall, I feel racing does improve the brand and my sort of my basic stance is I would really like to see bikes being taken and cars for that matter. They should have to be taken off the showroom floor and upfitted for racing. So, you know, if, whether it's a new Yamaha R1 or the ZX10R, you know, whatever you're racing, you should have to take it from the factory and then just upfit it for racing, whether it's a little stronger brakes or a different exhaust or something like that. But I think they should largely come from the showroom. You know, I, and I, I like, as much as I talk about Corvette racing, I like to hear them talk about the transfer between, you know, a better street car makes a better race car and the stuff that they learn goes back, the stuff they learn in the race car goes back to making a better street car and it goes round and round and the both of them become better. You know, the cars I think are a little, you know, especially the, the GTLM class, they're pretty far removed from what you and I are going to get. <laughs> from Bowling Green, <laughs> you know, yeah, the ZR1 or the Z06 or the fourth upcoming uh, ZR1, they're going to be fantastic cars, but you know, it's going to be quite a ways from, you know, that Pratt Miller tuned beast that's racing on the track. Um, but I, I do see the similarities. You know, I like to see that the car looks at least like the street car, and that's kind of why I've fallen out of favor with NASCAR. Like they're just so far beyond what's on the showroom i've I've really lost interest in the cars themselves regardless of the racing yeah i mean you can't go out i mean so i agree with you rich on the fact is what you can corvette takes from racing and brings in i think all manufacturers do that that's pretty awesome and that's the same thing with uh was the gtd class where it's pretty much you know yeah they're a lot closer to the street cars for sure cars um but it also helps, you know, like you said, helps with advancement of technology. <laughs> Crap. Well, while you're thinking of that, let's bring it, we'll bring it all the way back to flat track and the bikes that we love and enjoy. I'm hoping that Harley getting their butt kicked on the track ultimately makes a better motorcycle. That's what I really want. I, I want them to learn and make the XG750R, make it better on the track, and then put that back into the street bike. That's what I really hope happens in that series. And same with Indian. You know, other than this $50,000, you know, track day bike that they're selling, I hope that improves the Scout for them as well. You know, so the Scout is better for the everyday rider, not just the guys who want to track it. Yeah, and I, I, you know, it's not all... You know, Harley came out with a strong team, too. They had a good uh, group of guys, too, that have won, you know, some of the Grand National Championships a couple times, some of them three times, uh, four times, you know, and some of these guys, uh, like uh, Kenny, he won it three times. Uh, um, Brand, uh, was it Brandon? He won it four times. Mm-hmm. And Jake, he won it twice. So they, you know, they had some 
you know, some, some a, a good team of riders, but you know, the bike just couldn't perform the way they needed to on the track. That's all. You yeah. know, it's just they need to go back and revi- revisit their their motor, <laughs> their setup. Yeah. You know, and and come a little bit harder next time. That's all it is to it. Yeah, my other hope for flat track is I hope that you know, Harley and, and Vance and Hines, who they work with on the bikes, I hope they do just make the bike better. I really I really don't want to see the sanctioning body come in and have to give them some sort of concession or take something away from Indian. I would rather see the teams just raise up and just just go at them toe to toe. You know, and then too, you know, the the good part about it, you know, they can take some of these parts, you know, some test some of these prototype parts they want to put in some of the street bikes, the, you know, the street glide, the chieftain or whatever take some of these parts, test them on the track and then put them in their, you know, their everyday bikes, you know, for longevity, you know, the reliability, the quality, yeah. you know, and start using some of that tech, you know, this, inf- this data that they're gathering from some of these races and put them in their everyday bikes. So that's the other piece to this that I hope that both Indian and Harley take away from these races is just, you know, how can they improve their brand and their quality of bike? So hopefully they're doing some of that exactly yeah like the corvette team says you know the a better street car ultimately gives you a better race car yeah. all right john did you think of it i was just saying like you're going back to the nascar i mean you can't go buy the cars rear or drive that they're racing and and the sad part is back in the old days the cars were so much like the production car now they're pretty much a chassis to look like the car yeah, I mean the, the the Chevy SS was the last one that was even close. It was the only one that had a V8 and was rear wheel drive, and now that's dead. So, yep. so they had one of those in chips. It's awesome. All right. <laughs> wow. We can't talk about that. Yeah, John hasn't seen it. Neither you there. Ah, but it but it was good though because it got like a horrible rating on. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, so yeah, I it mean, good, wh- what do critics know about motorcycles anyway? Come oh, on. that's true. That's true. It was it was funny as heck. I, mean, I took my mom with me. I mean, she was just rolling at certain times, and she absolutely loved it. And we rode the nice. bike over, which was the ah. cherry on the top of the cake. Right, that's awesome. Did you have fun? Yeah, I had a blast. Short little ride. Micah went with us. One of our riders. Yeah. So see, see, Rico, they ditched me. See, I was going to the flat track race last going <laughs> to go, and they uh-huh. ditched me. We're not going to go watch no flat track, but we can go watch chips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Mike, I said, I pinned him a week before. Are you going to the race? Yeah, I'm going to the race. And then he's like, uh, I can't. <laughs> I'm like, and then I hit Mike. Mike's like, no, oh, I got stuff to do. Uh, ask him in the. Uh, Ask him in the clubhouse how the popcorn was. <laughs> That's all yep. I'm going to say. <laughs> I I can eat a whole tub by myself. So I know the popcorn had to be good. I don't know. The, the butter was fake. It turned me off. Oh, ugh, you get the butter. I don't know that it was a real butter. I was like, ah, oh, what is this stuff? No, that's just motor oil. I don't know what it was. So, so I did a quick search of the rules, and it does not look like they can, they're going to make they can make changes. It does not look like they changes in the middle of the season. Oh. Well, I don't. So we'll see what happens. Suck it up, Buttercup. 
Another rate's right. coming in 40 days. <laughs> Maybe somebody that knows more about it will can ping into us and, you know, send us the feedback at rwstudios.com. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we'll get no end of crap for, for not getting it right. Yeah. So, anyways. Yeah. And we'll do, we'll talk about flat track again. We have a couple people lined up that we may have some good conversations with. So that'll be interesting. Um, so yeah, I guess the only thing I want to say about, uh, world Superbike is <clears throat> I'm really enjoying watching that series. Uh, I have the app or not the app. I purchased their premium video package. And this to me, this is where I think media is, is really going like, on flat track, for example, we have Fans Choice TV, which, from everything I can tell, is all ad supported. There's there's no fee for any of it. You can stream the races live, and they have them on demand after the fact, which is very cool. On the World Superbike side, I guess they feel their products worth a little more, so there's a premium charge uh, to get this app that lets you stream the race live and then watch it on demand after the fact. So it was 70 bucks for the season. I went ahead and purchased that. So I've been trying to watch some of the races live, but of course they're in, you know, they're halfway around the globe most of the time. So the, a lot of races are at 2 a.m., 5 a.m. Uh, I tried to get up this weekend to watch some, but I just watched it on demand. It's just as good. And I just stay away from Twitter. So I don't, I don't know what happened before I actually watch it. But it's been good, and like I said, the you know the bikes look more like what you can buy, and I believe uh, technology-wise, I have to get into all the details yet. But I think they are a lot closer to the street bikes than than the one-off uh, bikes that you would see at MotoGP. So I'm I'm enjoying it. Kawasaki's been kicking tail, like I said, with Jonathan Ray up front. Uh, he just won, I believe it was the 200th race um, for a rider from Britain or the UK. So that was pretty cool. That was the the race before, but I believe this weekend, and I haven't watched it yet. It's on my list to do. I think it was won by Ducati, in, in quite a shootout, from what I understand. Mm. But they look good, sound good. I think I got the sport bike bug, Rico, officially. Nice. I really do. Good on you. You'll enjoy it. So I get my get healed up here. Get off these meds. So the sleepiness and the dizziness goes away, and then we're gonna get fired at R six up and get it on the track. That's right. Put it back out there. After you help me put it all back together. Put it all together. <laughs> <laughs> That's for another show. <laughs> right. Yep. So, yeah. Have you watched any of that, John or Rico, before we move on from World Superbike? You guys watch? I watched, I watched some of it. I was um, at one of the restaurants here and um, they, they had it on. I just, I, caught, I think it was the smaller bikes. It wasn't the... Um, the, like I think it was like the three hundreds. Yeah, they just started a three hundred class. Yeah, yeah. So I watched these guys slide off the track. <laughs> it, it was interesting to see them kind of hang their leg off, like you're they're going around a you know a dirt turn. Yeah, like in some of track. these turns, you know, like holy cow! But um, I understand after watching for a while why they were doing it because you know they was sliding right off the track in a lot of places. So uh, they don't have that that nice wide rear tire to yeah. help them get through there. Uh, but uh, it, it was, it was exciting. It, it took me back to, to me riding the track and, um, you know, and, and, and wanting to get the R6 out and hit the, hit, hit some of those turns. But, uh, you know, it was good, good fodder, um, to, to, to sit there with a couple of guys and talk about 
you know, riding, you know, whether it be a Harley or a sport bike around a track and, you know, just listen to some, to some of the guys talk about what they would do and how they used to ride and so mm. forth. But, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was cool as you sat there and, you know, watch, watch that and had a beer or two. Nice. Cool. And you, John, have you seen any of it? I don't know if you've had time. You've got a lot on your plate too. Yeah. Have a lot going on. So work, model blogging, kid issue. Nice. Very nice. nice. Not, not, not nice on the kid issue. <laughs> well, nice meaning that you're busy. And I meant right. that for work. <laughs> yeah. Um, so before we fire up the U-turn, you guys want to talk a little bit about the new Harley street rod at all? Did we cover that already? Harley, Harley, what street rod? What did we cover that? Please tell me we covered that. I don't think we did. Oh no. Is this one of the another modified bikes that they're calling a new model? <laughs> Well, it's germane to the flat track conversation because it's based on the Street 750. Oh. So, so they, we have another modification. We've got a high output Revolution X750 engine that gets all of 8% more torque, and the red line goes up from 8 to 9,000. What do you think of that, Oganator? Wow. It's impressive for a Harley. 68 horsepower, 47.2 pound-feet of torque. I mean, the, you know, it, it's not a bad-looking bike, really, when you're looking at it. Yeah, I'm actually digging it. I, I can't wait to, yeah. to test one out. I, I went right over to the dealership when these were announced and also the, the Road King Special, which I really like. I uh, just don't mm. have the funds for, but yeah, they said they would probably get one of these towards the end of the month, so I can't wait to get over there and try it. They might have yeah. one by now because that was that was in the middle of March. Yeah, yeah. So you like you like the Roking special there, Mister Warfield? I do. I got to set on one in in Pennsylvania again, yeah. or not again, but for the first time. Because when I went to the to Harley Davidson of Charlotte, it was it was being sold and sent out the door as I showed up. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, they had one on the showroom floor up at. Uh, uh, Bear Harley Davidson, which is the closest one to where I grew up in PA, and and it was cool chatting with the sales guy for a while, and I forgot his name. It's on a card here somewhere, but it was really neat. Sat on it, got a picture, which I'll put in the show notes, and looked at a bunch of cool used bikes, and I had a couple of victories there. Shed a tear, but I like it. Something about that Road King special. It's it's speaking to me. Well. The motor blogger Rogue Mogo is really wanting one. Yeah, this will be. If he buys one, he better sell me that cross country. <laughs> I'd be like, all right, that's two bikes in a row that I wanted. That's just not fair. I thought you were going to say he bought one. I was gonna no, no, because nobody has the The dealership here doesn't have it. So mm. I think, and I haven't painted him, um, demo truck of Harley was here. Last weekend, so on the um, let's see what's today. Second, on the twenty fifth and twenty no twenty fourth and twenty fifth, the demo truck was here. Yeah, so they uh, I think they had that bike there. So. Yeah, yeah. Bear had one on the showroom floor. They said the first one they got was sold the same day, 
Uh, but they had another one, and they said they had one or two more coming in their their allotment. So that's pretty cool. Some really cool old bikes we looked at, uh, Rico, in the used department. And I think I sent oh. you this picture, but my dad was on a, a 77 FXE, I believe, with just ridiculously tall apes on it. And my dad was rocking it. I was like, yeah, that's easy riders right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> School. So, so is he going to pick it up? Oh, I doubt it. But he did like how low it was because it was slammed to the ground. And he was like, wow, this is really comfortable. And of course, I think that was that was either Monday or Tuesday. So that was either the day out of the hospital or the next day. Right to the Harley dealer. <laughs> yep. said no time. No time. I had to go down to get meds in the pharmacy, and then I got to go to Bears. Get my Harley yeah. fixed before I keel over. That's right. Yeah, it was good. Good time in PA. I was up in New Jersey for work. Yep, and then in PA and back home Wednesday. Nice. All right, XG750. No, what is this? Sorry. <laughs> uh, street Rod. Thumbs up, thumbs down. I think thumbs it looks up. Thumbs up. Yeah. John, thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I like the looks of it. And for the price, it's not bad. Eight, uh, roughly 87. Yep. Starting price. And they raised the ground clearance. It's supposed to be more nimble. You know, help the handling. So the only, the only thing to this bike that I would be like, eh, is that large radiator in the front. Well, it is water cooled. So yeah. That's the only thing. The other bike I'm kind of digging is the uh, Roadster. Yeah, you like the Roadster? Yeah, I could see that one. With the cafe handlebars. Maybe that's your CR bike. Maybe. That's that's nice. That starts at at 11.3. You have a Harley dealer down there, right? Oh, yeah. All right, very good. Let's see. U-turn? Let's do it. You turn. You turn. Out of the way. All right, this will just be a quick one. But we talked in prior prior episode about the Indian Chieftain build-off. And I know this is going a few weeks back now, but the winners were announced at Daytona Bike Week. Either of you guys see those? By chance? I didn't. Sorry, I got to pull up the the site. Do what? See what? The the win of what? The winner. Chieftain build off. Three weeks ago? So you don't want to talk about it? Okay. A Chieftain win. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Well, I I just want to circle back to it because... It's good. I'm giving you... There wasn't that many in the competition, which I was kind of was kind of interesting because the scout build-off I thought was neat. They had a ton of bikes in that competition. So the champion, which didn't really look that radical to me, was Tequila Sunset from Hollister Power Sports in California. Now, if I remember correctly, I think one of our riders of Law Pipes called it. I think it was Jebby. I was going to say, did Jebby pick that one? He's pretty good at that kind of stuff. So I put it into in the chat there for you, Rico, if you want to see the the direct link. But that, man, I don't think that would have been my pick. No. It doesn't look like it was changed 
enough. Now, the runner-up was called American Proud. This was Coastal Indian Motorcycles, which is close to us, down in Murrow's Inlet, South Carolina. Uh, American flag theme, like a four-spoke flag front wheel, and just kind of a flag draped down the side with a, a mural painted on the on the bags. But again, this bike's not really changed a whole lot. Mm-mm. Because the one that I thought really took the cake was third place. The Barnstorm Chieftain from Indian Motorcycle of Central Massachusetts. That's in Worcester, Mass. About an hour from where I used to live up there. Worcester. Worcester, Mass. I thought that one was killer. They really changed the attitude of the Chieftain with that bike. The black and white theme, the shortened fenders. It even looks like they trimmed the bags. I mean... Didn't they, it looks like they changed the rake too, didn't they? Eh, hard to tell on that. Maybe maybe shallowed it up a little bit, but you know, it's, the seats changed, the bags look like they were changed, short exhaust, dynamite paint. That's the winner to me. First place, I was like, eh, what did you do? I, mean, I just really have a hard time looking at that as anything other than a big wheel on a Chieftain. Well, you know, people love their big wheels. People love their big wheels, so. Yes. Mm. Oak, what say you as the resident Indian aficionado? I know. I like you said. It's like yeah. It's like you said. It looks like they lowered the front end and threw a big wheel on the front of it. You got a nice color scheme on it, but that's about as far as they went. Maybe that uh, the seat. They really didn't do anything dramatic to to the bike like some of these other guys done. Maybe they've got one heck of a social media presence. Maybe. Maybe that's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Of those three, the third place is the winner. Yeah, they they did the most just out-of-the-box customization to it that you really don't see. So you're right. Even the whole shot, you know, from Montreal. Like, that's the drag race one with the big wheelie bars and everything. Like, Oh, yeah. At least it's a radical departure from a stock chieftain. Mm-hmm. It all depends you're not, on. What, you're not going to see that on the sheet, though. Yeah, what's that, John? It all depends on what the criteria was. Who cares? People voted for that thing. Is what I'm saying. Oh, that, that's right. There's people <laughs> vote. Never mind. I'm sorry. I forgot. My bad. Yeah, I mean, even even Indian of Charlotte's lightning bolt had a you know a rowdy engine stuffed into it. And some crazy paint. I'd put that up higher than tequila. Well, it all depends on social media, like you said, probably. So, yeah. Anyway, well, I hope to do the Scout one again, because that was a lot more fun. There were a lot more bikes. There were some really innovative and and cool ideas, I thought, when they did Project Scout. But this one, I was kind of like, eh. But I thought we'd just close it, since we talked about it. Well, no, the next one, the next one I say is going to be the Project Roadmaster. Oh, jeez, <laughs> that'd be something. More fringe. No, no, please, no. Brown bags. No. <laughs> please stop. What? What's brown next bags? One? Take off the lowers. Hey, it's a new model. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, sorry, John, I stepped on you. No, it's okay. I'm used to it. Hey, at least you're used to it. Yeah. All right. So, what's next on topic here? 
All right. The only other thing I just wanted to point out, and I'll put a a link to this in, in the show notes is, and this is going back a while as well, but Rider Magazine had a look back to the birth of Victory Motorcycles. And it was basically, they republished an older article that they had, but there was an interesting link in there that goes back to a ride review of the original V92C. And I just thought those two articles were worth mentioning for anyone that, that cares anything about Victory as, as we do. Uh, take a look at those two links are in the show notes. If you haven't already seen it, I just thought it was a good read on the history of, of victory. So that's pretty cool. Ooh, sweet, sweet. We'll put it in the notes. What's next? Did we talk about camping at Barber yet? Ooh. Did we bring this up once before? No. Yes. On the show? Maybe. No. Maybe. All right. All right well, let's do it again. If we did it before, then tough. You're going to hear it again. All right. So Chris Brewer wrote into us and just wanted to throw in his two cents on camping at the Vintage Festival. And he was pretty much saying, if you're looking for a quiet environment after, you know, a day of the event and whatever happens while we're there, we might want to consider something else. Do what? It sounded like you didn't get a lot of sleep. (laughs) (laughs) So he's recommending Oak Mountain State Park as a place to stay if we want to camp. Oh, um, Oak Mountain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, I'm, I'm going to say this much and I think Rich, you said this offline. Yeah. If we ain't camping at the vent, we're finding the hotel. Well, that was sort of my take, right? Was if, if I'm not going to stay, if we're not going to stay at the event camp there and, and just drinking everything that happens off hours, then yeah, I'm going back to the hotel. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to leave. So I'm not going to go to Barber, spend a day there, then leave and go camp and then come back. Like I'm going to leave and go find a Cush hotel and then come back. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Yep. So, but yeah, appreciate the feedback, Chris. I, I totally get what you're saying. And it, it has given us pause to think, you know, should we camp elsewhere or, you know, are we back to the, Whatever that hotel is, Embassy Suites. <laughs> the only thing I would throw out is maybe find a hotel closer. Mm. Yeah, but we don't have limitless funds and happy hour. And happy hour. Yeah, I was going to throw that out there. Okay. So I-, I understand that, but happy hour is really hard to get back for. Well, I'm- even for his, for those two or three, we're able to chug down. It's still worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm just throwing my little input in. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Maybe look for another hotel with a happy hour. Well, the other one I would I would kind of say, and I'm not sure if it's booked already. See how much the Hampton Inn across the street is. You're still drinking in the event because all the, everybody else is going to be over there. Uh, I don't know, but anyways, that's just my opinion. But I I'm still on board with camping. I'm not sure about you guys, but I'm thinking that's still the we should do it. Well, one of the main things we're going to do this year is we're going to enjoy ourselves a little more. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to spread out the quote-unquote working part <laughs> instead of jamming it into one day. Yeah, and I think the other thing that we honestly need to look at on schedule, on talking, is we need to make sure we kind of get partway Wednesday. I know it's hard on everybody's schedule, but I think we need to Yeah, 
get down there and not roll in at 10, 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. No, I hear you. We want to be fresh for full day Friday, Saturday, and whatever we end up doing on Sunday. Yep. All righty. You think we'll do the museum again or no? No. Well, they'll have the other side open. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we're going to have to do the museum again. Oh, jeez. It's going to be like Wednesday to Wednesday at some point. You realize this is going to be like a whole week affair for us. Yeah. Well, it almost is anyway. Time for time for that wild pipe saw camper. I know, right? Yeah, we need an airstream or something. We can pull it behind the the roadmaster. (laughs) Yeah. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) No. Well, I think that's probably enough for tonight, fellas. We got any other thoughts on racing or anything else in the last couple of weeks? Johnny John? No, I just want to give a, we'll talk about next week or stuff is a, a cool little app I've been socializing with called Moto Amino. It's a great group of guys in the area that I joined up with in riding. So that's why I got news and that's where some of my riding's been coming from. So that's what I got for us. We'll do a, next show. We'll talk about it some more. Very cool. Mr. Hogan, last call. Go Indians. Go Indian. Kick some flat track <laughs> booty. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And before we close it down, I do have one more quick thing I want to mention. So a longtime listener of the show, Dave Shoup, and he's actually a contest winner from, I think, about a year ago. Uh, he's going to be in the Outer Banks Bike Week here in North Carolina at the end of the month. So this is April 23rd to the 29th. And what he's offering is to buy lunch for anyone who finds him and says that they enjoy the show. So he'll be wearing his Loud Pipes shirt, of course, the traditional black uh, with gray lettering. And we're going to add a little bit on top of that. So Dave doesn't know this yet, so he might hear this before I contact him, but I'm going to send him some of our swag as well. So He's offering to buy lunch for the first person, obviously not for everyone that shows up, but the first person that uh, finds him, uh, he'll get lunch for them. But we're also going to add a bunch of our swag. So anyone after that, uh, we'll send up some of our koozies and keychains, stickers, things like that. So you'll at least get something if if Dave's already already paid out on his lunch. And he's riding an orange victory hammer, so it won't be won't be hard to miss his bike. Well, talking about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm working out. Maybe heading over there. Oh, you think you might go? Very nice. Yeah, yeah. Might working out details. One of the guys I uh, hang out with recently, uh, talking about trying to talk him into going. He rides a Yamaha R3, so we might head over there. Well, maybe you can have lunch with Dave and John. Maybe, <laughs> and I'll Skype in just for the heck of it. Yeah, we'll do a little FaceTime call or something. Trademark, Apple Incorporated. All right. Very nice, fellas. Thanks again. I'm, uh, I'm on the mend. It's very nice to get together and hang out. This, is, this really is one of the joys of my week. And I thank you guys, as always, for joining me. Uh, pleasure, brother. And I would like to thank the riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. That would be our first five riders, Marcus, Rickard, Edward, Jebby, and Zion. Barbershop Rider Chuck, Riders Group Steve, Mike, Micah, Jim, Kenny, and our latest addition, Roger, on an awesome green Kawasaki Concourse. 
and insider Darren, who we mentioned on the last episode. Loudpipes.net slash donate is the place to be if you're interested in supporting the show and getting some additional value out of it by way of access to our private social network, which we call the Clubhouse. We also have a Loudpipes after show that we call the Downshift, which we'll be recording right after this. And there's plenty of other perks that we offer, uh, first access to videos and things like that, um, all available to our supporters. Loudpipes.net slash store is the place to be if you want any of the show merchandise, t-shirts, keychains, koozies, stickers, things like that. And additional information for this episode, including links and images, can be found on our website. John, I'm getting feedback. Oh, sorry. Loudpipes.net slash 80. 80 finally happened. And you have links there to leave us feedback, subscribe to the show, and follow us on social media. Mr. Hogan. Johnny John. Let's go. If you're enjoying the show and want more, check out loudpipes.net slash donate. For as little as $1 per month, you'll gain exclusive access to the Loudpipes after show, The Downshift, as well as other content and sneak peeks available only to our supporters. Even $1 goes a long way, and we truly appreciate your support. Better yet, come ride with us. Step up to $5 a month and receive an invitation to the monthly video hangout and the Riders of Loudpipes private social network. Hang out in the clubhouse with other riders, chat with us on show topics, and so much more. You want free swag? Select the barbershop level, and we'll send you a free t-shirt and an annual swag bag. Loudpipes.net slash donate.